I have a question more generally about deflation. Um, and there is good deflation, and then there's also kind of bad deflation. What happens once the you know innovation is so rapid and quick that the cost associated with goods is dropping majorly um, and very quickly? That is a form of bad deflation. Uh, is that maybe too um, too far out into the future, or is that perhaps something we could see? And what are the implications well, of that? Well, we're seeing it already. So um, I was in Nepal. Yeah. Uh, beautiful country in 1998 after getting married with my wife. And at the time, it was 300 Nepalese rupees to make a phone call back to North America, to Toronto, where I live. But I went into an internet cafe and I put on a headset like this, which had a little microphone. Yeah. And I made what we now call a VoIP, voice over <laughs> internet protocol phone call for 10 rupees. Okay. So 300 rupees a minute, 10 rupees. I predicted that all long distance would be free by 2005. Mm. Now, at the time I made that prediction, the global telcos, 70% of their profit came from long distance. So imagine you hire this uh, external consultant or speaker who comes in, as some of them did, and who says, I predict all long distance is going to be free in seven years. And they go, who hired this idiot? <laughs> well, like, seriously. Um, because if you're presented with a fact like this, uh, because this is a current, okay? This is a strong... Mm unending exponential growth curve, okay? Now, most people don't see it because mm. uh, VoIP calls did not pop into the billions of minutes for seven years, okay? I predicted it the moment I experienced it, but it took seven years to achieve at least a billion minutes a year of VoIP calls. So in general, you could dismiss this prediction as ludicrous because yeah. it's below the radar. So what happens with these things is they're below the radar for a long time. But if you live in Nepal, you are very price sensitive. And the difference between 300 and 10 rupees oh, makes yeah. a big difference to you because you have very little annual income. So it's the developing world that adopts this new, radical, disruptive, inexpensive technology first. But over the time, it gets better in terms of quality and it spreads. And now Zoom does more minutes of communication than all the telcos of the world added together is international long distance and all the VoIP long distance added together from all providers. Wow. And it includes video. So here the pandemic has driven just one new technology to be more than everything else in the world combined. So, you know, in hindsight, you go, wow, that was a really brilliant prediction. Um, and predicting accurately is really not about being brilliant. It's about looking at the math. Mm -hmm. Look at the uninterrupted year-over-year -year exponential growth trends when they're below the radar where most people don't see them. I, I That's think... how to be a brilliant futurist. Yeah. And it's not that hard. You just have to dig. Uh, for, from my perspective, at least, and from my kind of digging around... I think that people uh, can't comprehend the change that is going to occur. You know, if you speak to someone that's 80, 90 years old today, they're almost overwhelmed by, like, emotionally by this technology. Um, they, they almost can't understand any of it. And I can't help but think, you know, there's something called the accelerated law of returns. I'm not sure if you're aware. 
Yes, um, I am. Yeah. But it basically states, if I remember correctly, that with, you know the next 100 years won't experience 100 years of innovation. It will experience hundreds of thousands of years of innovation within the next 100 years. Um, so yes. it's basically suggesting this, you know, a flywheel of innovation that's going to occur, and it just gets faster and faster until maybe you lead to, you know, a singularity or something. Um, so the point being, I think we as humans can't comprehend uh, exponential growth. We can't comprehend the level of 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 innovation that's going to come. One thing I want to note uh, on healthcare, I'm really interested in the healthcare scene in the in the in the next uh, five or ten minutes I have with you. What does healthcare look like uh, in in five years from now? Because currently it's um, I would say uh, reactive instead of proactive. Um, you know, I, I know some people that recently basically got their life saved with I think it was a Fitbit. It predicted a you know a heart attack before it actually happened or something. Um, tell me about healthcare in the next five ten years. What is going to change? You know, a doctor is going to become kind of data experts in which they look through your data and then can see anomalies in terms of your heart or something. Can you tell me a bit about that? So I, I'm going to get to that, but I just want to okay. finish the inflation bit. Absolutely. Um, basically, now communication is free uh, because uh, you and I are having this, but it's not over long distance. We're not paying long distance rates. We're even getting video out of it. So that is deflationary because the cost of long distance phone calls has gone to zero and we get video for free, boom. Yeah. Uh, but it's really moved in some ways to everybody needs broadband or high speed or gigabyte ethernet, right? Or, you know, 5G uh, wireless on our smartphones. The other thing is to say um, the speed this is how long it took different industries to reach 50 million customers. It took the aviation industry, the airline industry, uh, 68 years to reach 50 million customers. And it wow. took Pokemon Go 19 days. So like the rate of change is accelerating. And once we move into a digital future, change can happen so much more quickly because it's not based on physical laws. Everybody has a smartphone already. And so we can adopt the new app very quickly and begin changing our uh, consumer patterns. 